Michael Gevin here with Jumpstart Sessions. So I'm super excited to bring you these one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions. These are kind of behind the scenes and coaching videographers and filmmakers. And if you'd like to kind of cherry pick what you'd like to even listen to on each episode, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. And on there, you'll be able to find the show notes for each and every single episode. There's also an assessment that I have each person take that I coach. You'll be able to see their results on the show notes page for each episode. You'll also be able to take the assessment yourself so you can kind of compare results. If you yourself would like to be coached on a Jumpstart session, you'll also just go to jumpstartsessions.net and it'll say, get coached on the podcast. You fill out a questionnaire and as of right now, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. And so ultimately, that's all I've got for now. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's rock and roll. Well, so welcome to Jumpstart Sessions, my man. And thank you, thank you for having me. First and foremost, I'd just like to hear a little bit about you and your situation and what you've got going on, kind of get everybody up to speed and uh, okay. what, what questions you have for me today. Sure, sure. So I've been running my video production company for about four years now. I'd say the past two, like full on, full time. Uh, I started in school, did the typical film production, uh, you know, major route. Uh, but halfway through that, I was kind of, I was getting burnt out on the whole, you know, working in the film production industry, long hours, low pay, unpredictability in terms of, you know, your income. So I was like, there has to be another way. Um, I had seen a couple other guys doing it with, you know, wedding production. And then I got into corporate production, did a couple small jobs out of school. And I was like, I'm just going to give this, a, give this a go. So I've been doing it, like I said, for about four years total, um, started in nonprofit work, doing videos for nonprofits, brand type videos. Um, and just over the past year or so, I've kind of started branching off into like small business work, um, some corporate work, um, but I'm still tripping up here and there. I, I just kind of feel like I'm spinning the wheels, which I feel like it's pretty typical for people who are either early on or even just starting out. Um, so yeah, I've had some wins, definitely. Like I've sold some projects for a good amount of money, at least in, for what I consider my level. Um, but I feel like there's still obviously a ton to learn and a lot of things that I can uh, do more efficiently. Mm -hmm. um, so again, right now, it's just myself running this company. Um, I do have some contractors that help me out from time to time with mm -hmm. animation projects, shooting. Um, I still do all my own editing, so I'm still in that stage where I need to eventually grow out of, uh, I don't know, intimacy, you could say, you know, uh, get other people helping me out on projects. Um, but that's like kind of the short of it. That's where I am uh, at the moment right now. Perfect, perfect. I love it, I love it. So are you doing it full time then? Yes. Yeah. This, this is my, my one, one thing. Yep. I'm okay. focusing on this. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So uh -huh. tell me what, what are the, the challenges you're kind of coming in with right now? What are some, some top of mind questions that you'd like some relief yeah. on? I guess um, one thing that I, I'm like really inspired by, you know, watching you and seeing how your, your you know, story and whatnot is just maybe like a mindset switch that maybe I can gain some insight on. Cause I feel like I am holding myself back from like massive growth. And it's just difficult to figure out what that is because I've had success, you know, selling projects in the past. Um, I'd say the big thing right now is figuring out how I can get, um, give more value to my current clients and people I meet in the future to have more work through them as opposed to like a one-off project. So that's kind of the big hurdle right now. I do a lot of one-off projects and then I enter that feast or famine mode where yeah. Yeah. things are really great for like two, three months and then everything dries up. Yeah. So that's where I'm stuck. I'm stuck in that, that yo-yo 
you know, cycle. Sure. So I know, I know something, you know, I'm holding myself back somehow. So I don't know if you can kind of guide me somehow or give me. Some no, we'll keep, we'll keep asking questions here. I mean, is yeah, there a yeah. specific type of, you know, the thing that it, it's interesting because as you, as you've been in it longer and longer, you have more and more data of what's worked, what's not worked, what clients you like working with, what you don't, what industry you've gravitated towards. Sometimes you really love that industry and you go deeper mm -hmm. in it. Sometimes people are like, eh, you know, I got into these weddings because I thought that it was the thing that I should do because everybody told me I should do it, but I don't really like weddings or some people go, I love weddings. And so, mm -hmm. um, what are if you had to take a look right now? What would you say has been the major? Is it nonprofits? Has that been the majority uh, of your business? Not, where? Not, not so much anymore. I'd say small business, like pretty small business, like mom and pop type small businesses. I just did a video for a, a moving company. Uh, I'm doing a free video right now for an acupuncturist, like chiropractor type business. Um, so I want to. I think I'm. I'm happy, you know, with the size I am right now, working with small business owners. Um, but I think the hurdle is, uh, and maybe people can relate with this, is uh, like information overload. So I feel like I don't know where I should focus on. I've done a lot of things. I've done networking, um, you know, social media posting, uh, referrals, but I just feel like I'm spinning my wheel. So I would like to continue working with small business owners. I just don't know, again, if it's a mindset thing or if I'm just Trying so are to you, are you saying is it, is it the biz, getting business right now? Because you yeah. said feast or famine, so it's getting business. Exactly. Is where, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I just like, I wrote a couple notes down. We don't have to go over all of them, but no, a please. couple of things I've done, I've been doing is like networking, which I feel like I can be more effective at. I, I feel like I need to, um, obviously I'm very into giving and not taking. I want to build relationships. I want to build friendships with people I meet. I'm just struggling to transition from meeting a person to having them sit down with me, even just for coffee. So maybe I can work on that. Um, I've done a lot of referrals, but that's not something I want to you know, rely on too much. I feel like there's some things I can do to put myself out there more. Sure. Um, social media posting, cold emails, not too useful for me so far. <laughs> I have a partnership with a marketing company, which has okay. been giving me uh, animation projects here okay. and there. But again, not a huge amount of work. Who's doing those? No, who's doing the animation uh, projects? That I found a really great guy on People Per Hour. Okay. He had like really good reviews, really good work. And he's been helping me with that, which is like super cool. Cause I feel like that's something I can explore more, you know, offering animation projects for other companies. Um, I just started working on like educational content for Facebook and LinkedIn. Cause I know that's an area I could maybe focus on too. Um, when you, when and, you say educational content, you mean educating potential clients? You're putting content out yeah, there? Yeah, that was the idea. I just don't know how to approach that yet either. Like, I guess like, uh, for example, like how video production can assist with, you know, training staff or how you can use video on your smartphone. That type of stuff I feel like I could dabble with a little bit, um, but I haven't gone full speed with that either. But as like I've said so far, I feel like there's too many things that I'm, I'm dabbling in and I just want to gain some insight you can kind of read me somehow. Yeah, no, no, I love it, man. No, I, all, all of it yeah, up front, yeah. I'll end up going off yeah. on tangents here probably totally. really okay. soon, but it's, it's just totally. that initial kind of probing to get gauges on what you're doing, what you're liking, and oh, then, then we can really go in into some things. So right now, I'm, I'm in that kind of exploratory I'm mode. Absorbing, kind of, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. To okay, really get awesome. the, the, the nuggets. So no, this is, all, this is all great information. And, you know, because the thing is, is that the re one of the reasons that weddings can be when people say, oh, you know, what's the easiest thing to get going in with video or what's the easiest thing to make money with? Well, mm -hmm. I keep coming back to the easiest thing is the thing that you really want to do and the thing that mm -hmm. you can stick with and commit to. 
One of the reasons though that weddings can be easier because it's very easy to identify your target demographic, right? It's a female mm. who's engaged between probably 22 to 30 years old and you can look within an hour radius and, and connect with venues and florists and planners and photographers and you just know exactly mm. potentially who to connect with, who your target market is. And so that's something that I think when we go out there and do other things, we're all over the place. And that's what you're saying. Mm, yeah. So we're, we're marketing to an acupuncturist one day and exactly. maybe it is a florist another day and then this small restaurant. But at times, although what I found with a style, like our niche be, kind of became our style, but I also ended up for me personally falling into a niche, which was really speakers, thought leaders, coaches, entrepreneurs, these conferences and workshops. But mm -hmm. we used to say kind of business brand or bride. It didn't matter who we did it for we would have a specific style. So sometimes you can have your style be a, a, like the niche and you can do it for quote unquote anybody, or you can also have a style and a specific niche, like just working with restaurants or just working with specific people. Mm -hmm. um, but the marketing aspect gets a lot easier when you know who you're going after and you almost become the expert in that. Now, some people yeah. say you get bored in, in the fact that, well, I don't want to just, just be the restaurant guy or I don't want to just be the acupuncturist woman, you know, or whatever. But yeah, same, yeah. You know, but at the same time, when, you know, because that's why I mentioned, you know, you're doing these animation videos. So is that something like when you offer something, if you heard me, well, I know we just said right before we went live, uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot that you may or may not have heard since you just found some of this most recent stuff very recently is yeah. I talk about this subway model versus kind of a master chef. And a lot okay. of times us as, as creatives, we, whether we're reaching out or people are reaching out to us, we're kind of just an order taker. I mean, how many times have you gone through a fast food restaurant and just said, Hey, make me whatever you want. I trust you. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Doesn't happen. Right. You, you go there and you tell them what you want and they'll make you that. And that's what you get. But as a master chef, it's at the top level restaurants. There's this level of times you can go in there and you don't know what you're going to get. You're going to have your, your different courses. It's going to come out and you're going to take it. Now that's the extreme level, right? Because we don't want to be going to clients and just like it's our way or the highway. We have no input whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You can be collaborative, but the more you come in as that expert, as that person who, you know, guides them, that trusted advisor, that friend, you said, you know, early on relationships. But mm -hmm. I think that too many times we just say, hey, what do you want? Here's my menu, you know, take it. So this marketing company you said you partnered with, they're coming to you for, for uh, animation videos. Like, is that something you mm. want to at all specialize in? Or is it just like, yeah, how did that come I, about? Yeah. I think they're a lot of fun, actually, surprisingly. And it was my first taste of uh, hiring work out. Sure. So, me not actually doing the work. It was like, whoa, like kind of a mind-blowing experience yeah, not having sure. to actually deliver the stuff. So um, that came about, uh, that was a relationship I built over time. Uh, mm -hmm. His name's Robert, has a marketing company. And he just came across the client. They had a real estate investment company. And they wanted to explain some really obtuse concepts. Okay. So I, you know, we kind of talked back and forth. I was like, you know, an explainer video would probably yeah. be an easier way to explain this. Obviously For that's sure. how that came about. So then I had to, I closed the deal, got a deposit, and then I had to do the research. Like yeah. I have to find somebody I need to plan out. <laughs> but that was a good problem to have, you know, cause the For work sure. came to me and um, we did one with that. And then another company came to him again. They were um, 
like a laboratory testing facility, okay. which again was a little hard to describe what they were doing. So we did another explainer video, very okay. successful again. So cool. that was two that worked out. Um, and I'm talking to him again about a potential other animation project. So they were a lot of fun. It was a lot more work than I anticipated. So I should have charged more, you know, sure. back then. Yeah, it's okay. um, but I'm totally not opposed to doing more animation projects. But Perfect. like you said, you know, kind of how we need to be in charge of helping you know, prescribe solutions for people. I need to Well, be in better. that particular situation right. though, you're, yeah. you are just the, this guy needs help. You have a relationship with relationships or everything. And then yeah. you kind of brainstorm. So you did guide them and you came up with that. Now yeah. in your other kind of projects, um, what do you like to do the most? Like if, and I, I seem to, I need to always ask this in this audio program yeah. I have, it's the first thing that I have in the whole thing with, which is what would you do if you didn't need money? So within the context yeah. of kind of business right now or video production, what activity mm -hmm. specifically would you do? What do you enjoy doing the most as of today? Change in six months in a year, two years, but yeah. today. I think as of today, I definitely like shooting more. Okay. Um, and also just overall, like managing the production, I, I enjoy the back end stuff. So client communication, networking, uh, shooting the, the video, editing, I do not mind, I will do it. And I have do it, you know, done it. But I just it's really I have like this, like a uh, mentality where it's hard to focus sometimes, you know, sure, and I get it. <laughs> I have a ton of editing work. It's just like, Oh, man, I have to do this, but I don't want to do it. And so eventually, I, you know, I do the, I do the editing, I get the video out, no problem. But it's definitely something I would not mind having someone else help me with. Yeah. Um, just because it's just, it takes a lot of time. And I know like right now, I still consider myself like a novice, still early on, sure. lots to learn. And I feel like I could be using that time to like get more business or meet more people or just do things. You that like that side? Business. I mean, you like that. I mean, again, we, we take that question. It's this kind of like mm -hmm. infinite money. You don't have to worry about it. So now, boom, you have the money. You could hire an editor. We'll find you a great one. You don't have to worry mm -hmm. about that. So that would be something you're like, yeah, that'd be great. If I could get great edits yeah. done without me, you're cool with that. And that would be great. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think the only thing holding me back from that is, again, um, getting more consistent work, obviously. Uh, and getting higher budgets where it, I have co some comfort level there to hire someone out. So and tell me, and tell me with that, I mean, yeah. what, what are the budgets where you're getting, where you wouldn't feel comfortable with it versus what you would, just out of curiosity? Yeah, right now, um, I'm charging between fifteen to 2500 per okay. project. Mm -hmm. um, I think the $2,500 range, I'm pretty comfortable hiring somebody for a couple hundred dollars. But the majority right now are like in the, just barely scratching two grand for, for a project. I feel like if I was at 2,500 or even 3,000, like no question, like every project I'd be handing out. So it's, well, just, it's interesting too, because yeah. what happens regardless of price is when people don't have um, consistent, regardless of the price at times, the consistency mm -hmm. of the work can also be a big hindrance because if you're like, ah, I got nothing else going on, yeah. why pay any money to have anybody that's, help me? <laughs> that's true. I face that too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's yeah. something, but the thing is the mental baggage of keeping that and having it, even if, cause it sounds like potentially, even if you do or do not have a lot going on, there's still the potential of you procrastinating on getting that editing done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that, that, that inherently is going to build up and it, 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 it's like, I got to do it, but I don't want to do it. I got to do it, but I don't want to do it. And there's that thing. So, you know, starting to continue even now to develop those relationships with people that mm -hmm. you can start to offshoot that to. And I think if that's mm -hmm. something you're already, because some people are really, 
they're so hardcore and such in a loving way control freaks about things where yeah. I, I know people who are doing almost $200,000 a year that have just now started to finally let that go. Like they're making good uh, okay. money. They have the, the cash flow, but they don't want to let that go. And mm. so you're already experiencing some of that. And if you're already in some of that mentality that you don't mind managing some people, you don't mind managing some of a team, you don't mind outsourcing some of that. It's just now mm -hmm. you said some of those mental shifts. Well then, you know, now what about meeting people and connecting and relationships? Do you enjoy that aspect of it? I feel like I want to, like I want to, okay. I feel like I, I consider myself like uh, what's it, an ambivert, I think, like yeah. in between an introvert. So yeah. I want to, I like so badly want to get better at communicating with people, networking. So I'm like totally open to obviously improving myself in that capacity. But I feel like I'm just not effective at it. Like to be honest, Michael, like with networking, I just can't crack that 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 nut, so to speak. You know, it's funny you say that because you know I have everybody take this assessment, and you know I don't get hardcore into it in the mm -hmm. um, in the calls here, but I'm always glancing at it. And the the fact that you say that there's this natural and adapted graphs, and everybody can go to JumpstartSessions.net and see the graphs mm -hmm. of everybody that I've done calls with. And there's a red, yellow, green, and blue. And the yellow line is typically the much more extroverted people talking all the time. So I'm out of the four lines, the only one above the 50% line for me is the yellow one. So I'm all okay. talking. All that's why <laughs> podcast is talking, everything's talking. And Michael's <laughs> making money of his mouth is moving. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for you on your natural, that yellow line is not above 50. You mm -hmm. have more of that introverted tendencies and personality now when you're adapting your your green and blue which tend to be more than introverted qualities are mm -hmm. more or less the same they go down slightly but that yellow line rises above 50 so it's mm, like you okay. are adapting and bringing that charisma bringing that personality out but it's potentially mm -hmm. not your natural inclination State. to be that yeah, way all yeah. the time so you're able yeah. to do it you're kind of being a chameleon and so that's why you're saying, I, I want to, and you are, you're doing it. And I can see it now. I mean, you're smiling the whole time. You know, you're, you've got yeah, that element about you. So that's probably, yeah. I'm, some people, it's a, it's a challenge. So they're doing that because they're forced by an employer or something to adapt. You mm -hmm. seem where you said, I, I feel like I'm more of an ambivert. There's a part of you where it's like, that's not necessarily like, that's a struggle to be that way. Like I've had people on the call where, you know, they're both just green and blue on both their graphs. The yellow isn't above and they're stoic the whole call. <laughs> you know, they won't okay. say anything. So yeah. you, you obviously have that in you, but it's like, which one are, are you more than the other, right? Like in your natural yeah. state, you probably have that more like thinking. In fact, I'm going to pull up the, yeah, your, your one theoretical lines higher. So you, you like to think about things, process things and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, it, it's fascinating because for me, relationships are everything. Like that's how, mm -hmm. I mean, the big picture, there's other ways, of course, to, to market. There's, there's stuff coming now where there's a lot more Facebook advertising that people are doing. And I see that that also almost becomes more, you're like an ad agency and you lean towards that rather than even doing the creative. Because for you, do you really enjoy the shooting? You said you really enjoy the shooting aspect, right? I do. Yeah. And, um, 
Another thing I would enjoy with the shooting, obviously, is like hopefully bigger budgets. I can invest in better equipment. Sure. So with the mindset thing, maybe there's something there where I feel like I'm not qualified enough yet because I don't shooting? own. Oh, just, of, just I don't talk to you. I have I have, I have I have two T T five eyes. I'm shooting okay. on still. Okay. So 1080. Okay. It works. But obviously, there's stuff that like catches my eye that I want to invest in. Of course. But again, it's at that that stage where I'm just not comfortable spending thousands of dollars on the equipment until I feel comfortable with the amount of work coming in. So there could be some uh, some scarcity mindset stuff going on there too. Well, there's stuff. I so, mean, I see a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, the big thing I work on is you know the confidence and internal belief systems because mm -hmm. what happens is is it sometimes these I see people buying reds and buying really expensive cameras, mm -hmm. not because their clients are requiring them to have it or it's a necessity, but rather mm -hmm. that internally they don't believe enough in themselves and they feel that externally now them showing up with a red will mm -hmm. make them more yeah. confident. But, uh -huh. you know, we've had $100,000 plus jobs through the years that we were still shooting on a 5D Mark II and a, and a mm -hmm. 7D and a 70D. Um, you know, I don't know that the reds were to the extent available, but there was for sure way more expensive cameras. But mm -hmm. I always joke, it's the wizard, not the wand. And this idea yeah. that, you know, if I, if I want to become a pro golfer and I buy Tiger Woods golf clubs that he won, you know, the U S open or something with, it won't make me be able That's to golf true. like Tiger. Right. That's and so, yeah. and, 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 and so I actually got to interview Mike Bryan of the Bryan brothers for anybody who's into tennis um, they're the number one doubles players, him and his brother, for years and years and years. And I was on Necker Island and had the opportunity on this charity event to interview them for something I was doing with jump starters. And I asked him right out of the gate, you know, how much of it is mindset versus basically skill set? And he's like, yeah, it's 89. It's that level. It's 80, 90 percent, you know, yeah. mindset because they all got great coaches. They're all really skilled. You know, they're all got great tennis rackets and the shoes and this and that and all those things. But it's in that ability when they get behind to pull back. Like you see something like the Patriots, some of these different sports. And I'm not even, I don't know why I'm using so much sports right now because I'm not even that big into sports personally. But I'm thinking about yeah. some of these things right now. And, and you see where, because somebody was saying these to me actually, but uh, you know, some people like to be that underdog. So it's like they almost go down and they, they're better with their back up against the wall. Others aren't. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, but at the end of the day, you know, you see a lot where they get their mind rattled and they're both on the same, the same, uh, you know, like even in golf, you're not really only playing against yourself. Everybody's got the same wind, potentially the same sun, the same, whatever, the same circumstances are out there, the same weather, but yet mm. some, you know, they, they get a bad play. And now they're off the rest of the time and they just all their shots. And that's what happens to our mind is that when we think we're not good enough and nothing's mm. working out for us and nobody responds to us. And that's what we're saying. Man, I never sent out all these emails. I mean, maybe you sent all these cold ones, right? I sent out yeah, 1500 totally. emails and or 500 <laughs> emails and nobody responded to me. And you start to perpetuate this thing where you, you, your brain will look to confirm what you're thinking. So see, mm -hmm. I just sent 50 emails. Nobody responds to me. You know, I mm -hmm. just did this. Nobody gets back to me, you know, and you uh, see, look, I put that in. I'm too expensive, you know, or you're not good enough. I told you, if you had those better cameras and you start to have this cycle and if you don't shake it, it just continues to perpetuate and becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy of things mm -hmm. don't work out. You're not good enough. You don't have enough better gear. 
But I've known people who have that I've coached that have built six-figure companies who owned T5Is, T2Is, and did that for two, three, four years and really mm -hmm. built things up with that before the upgrade. And even the upgrade was still just like Sony A7Is. They're like $1,800, 2000 you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, they're full frame. So you don't ever need the really, really expensive stuff. That doesn't mean that you need to even upgrade right now. I had one guy... For 10 years, he was dabbling, and, and that was the biggest thing we worked on. He's like, I would always buy the gear and do this. But he never really was making any money doing mm. video stuff. And it yeah. wasn't until he realized for him, he was better at kind of deal-making and connecting, and he didn't really have the passion to build the skill set up of shooting or editing. And so he was able to charge $20,000 for a project because he hired the super pros. Mm who had great yeah. gear, who were really, really skilled. And so if he just hired himself, like he was on one shoot one time, and I remember seeing him stuff on his Instagram and the client he told me he worked for. And I was like, I was like man, did they hire two different crews? Like I was really confused because the stuff on the client stuff was lights out. It was amazing. Then yeah. I see the stuff on his and I'm like, okay, this isn't quite <laughs> as good. And I love him. Oh, we, no. I'm not saying anything behind his back. He goes, he goes, no, man, those were the guys I hired. And he goes, I just wanted to play around with the footage, you know, or whatnot. But like his abilities were just, they weren't as good. But when he had that okay. confidence that he could pull into that, like you did with the animation, right? You're, you're, you're not, you can't do it. And you wouldn't have been able mm -hmm. to acquire the skill sets fast enough to fulfill that job at the level you needed to fulfill it. So by mm -hmm. hiring, contracting somebody out who had the skills, you were able to do it. Now we build that muscle up of the internal confidence and, and being able to negotiate and all that. You could mm -hmm. charge more for that other guy's talent, right? You can charge. Totally. I don't mean, if you could talk through that one for a second, like yeah. what did you charge on that first explainer video? That I don't first one, I charged, I charged a thousand dollars. Okay. Yep. And the contract work cost me about $250. Perfect. So yeah, it was, it was okay. But I think what got me was the amount of time it took. The revisions. Yeah. It was yeah. well, see, this is what I talk about yeah, with people yeah. with animation, motion graphics, and that kind of work is that if you're, because if you've seen my work, my work is primarily, I mean, it's really just B-roll and clips and then interviews and testimonials and things like that. But we don't mm -hmm. have hardly any graphics or motion graphics or animations ever in the edits. And through okay. the years, the people, now I'm not, this is not a right or wrong, good or bad. I'm just describing out a scenario. The people who have produced work like myself that I'm connected with, when you find that sweet spot and you have lots of samples like that, I tend to find that the revision process goes way down because they don't really have a lot necessarily to say about it usually. Now, not always. Mm -hmm. You'll run into the unicorn client who still just will tear an edit to shreds regardless. Yeah. But through the <laughs> yeah. years with that style of work for us, there's less for them to nitpick versus when it comes to motion graphics, sometimes it's like, they can try to show you samples. You might may or may not have any. And so you, you're talking out the vision and what you think, but then they don't like the font, the font size, the font color, the font positioning. They don't like the way mm -hmm. it moves. They don't like this. And so there's so much more to nitpick to get oh, totally. to what, you know, the final product will actually end up being, right? Totally, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, but typically those types of projects are going to be far more difficult to execute or take more effort um, or more revisions because 
you try to get out that first draft, it's just like, oh, now I have something to really manipulate and tweak and, you know, and change yeah. versus oh, when it was just in my head. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it was so, interesting, and I'm sure you know the more of those I would do, hopefully the process would get easier and, and whatnot. But it, it would, uh, and that's yeah. why there's when there's not depth into an area, that's where if mm-hmm. we're shallow in a bunch of areas, it's hard to build up that muscle of confidence mm-hmm. to charge more or to be that master chef because, quite frankly, you're not right. You don't mm-hmm. know. You you haven't been like, yeah, we've made. I've been doing this for four years. We've made a hundred of these explainer videos. Let me tell you how this usually goes, da, 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 da. And you know, mm-hmm. because you've done, you, you've seen it all. We had people that painted our house. And um, when we got it, we were, we were on a budget ourselves in the situation. So we had somebody who was, you know, new and wanted to experiment per se. And we're like, all right, we'll be guinea pigs, you know, because, you know, you're going to give us something that quite frankly would have probably cost $10,000 and we got it for like three grand. Now, on the surface, and this is a difference at times between the pro and the amateur, the the product itself, all said and done, really wouldn't, like you wouldn't notice a massive difference from one person to the next. Because, in in regards to an amateur or pro, but the amateur, i.e. them, had certain areas of the house that because they weren't professional, they didn't have lots of experience. There were certain things with the paint that a pro would have been able to go, yeah, we're going to have to do this a different way because Mm, it's XYZ paint, but they didn't know that. So they paint it and it looks great, except for if like I touch it, it peels off. So you pretty much can't touch the wall because it's, it should have been like sanded and done differently than a normal paint where you like paint over it and you're good. Whereas this was painted, I don't know, some kind of oil base or something. And they just painted right over it, but it it, it didn't stick good. And so if anything kind of nicks, it just like peels. But that's Mm. the problem with what you just did. You can do it once and create a great product as if somebody who's been doing it for 10 years, but in your ability to communicate the value of that product, what it can do for the client, how we can be more efficient, the way it can be done, all these little nuances, you just don't know right now. It's not your fault. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where when people are having issues at times with pricing, or like you said, value, they don't know one what they don't know, right? I could guide you through some process right now of okay, how do we even take some of your one-off projects and turn that into more than being kind of a one-trick pony, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what we do sometimes. We go into a client, we make a silver bullet video for them, and then on to the next client, right? It's kind of what you're saying in the mm-hmm. beginning. You're on to the next client, yeah. next client, feast or famine. But how do I create a regularity of content potentially for one, one um, client? And mm-hmm. you know, I'll give you a boys and girls club scenario. I've told this a couple times, but I had happened to deal with one, not actually fully for the process to make a video, but I, w- I had lunch with a guy who runs one and he was telling me all about it. Then one of the guys I coached happened to come along and he was going to have a meeting with a boys and girls club. And he was essentially going to go, Hey, I'm such and such. I make videos. If you guys need videos, you know, here's some things we do. Let me know. And what can happen with that kind of basic approach of just, you know, you were saying, I, I meet people sometimes, but how do I transition it from just kind of friendly friendship or relationship to potentially doing work for them. Mm -hmm. 
is that when you take that just, hey, you know, I just want to let you know I exist, you know, and if you need anything, let me know. It's kind of, again, that order. To, if you got any orders for me, I'm, I'm happy to fulfill them. But if not, you know, let's keep in touch. And a lot of times mm -hmm. people are going to go, okay, you know, thanks. You know, but I, I don't know. We don't need video right now or I don't, I don't have any ideas for anything. And some might mm -hmm. go, which I've seen, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you came into my life. We've been thinking about video and you get a conversation going. But now I knew mm -hmm. something about the Boys and Girls Club, which is they pretty much just ask for money all the time, pretty much. Like anytime they're doing anything, they're asking for money, email, postcards, whatever. And I said, well, what happens if we could go in and create consistent content throughout the year where now 80% of the time you're showing the impact that this program is having on these children, the community, their families, the kids, et cetera, et cetera. And mm -hmm. so now when you go to ask for money, they're going to give more, they're going to give again, or they're going to give for the first time. Mm -hmm. and so when you take, and he ended up taking more of that approach and creating a vision for the client of what's possible, what could be done, et cetera, et cetera. So now they could see, okay, we need to do video now, not, Hey, when some random hairball idea mm -hmm. comes into our mind to do video, we might contact this guy, but rather creating the vision of how video could be used to get them the results they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And now, and I remember he got almost $8,000 between two different boys and girls clubs of projects from doing that. Now he was one mm -hmm. who really just loved editing. So he really didn't want to sell jobs and negotiate and shoot and do all that, but he was trying to and always struggling but he got those, okay. but now he's just editing because I want to always zone people into what is it that you love to do the most. It doesn't mm. mean, I think the blessing and curse at times is that we do get really competent and capable of a lot of different things. You can shoot, you can edit, you're hiring people. You know, it doesn't matter what somebody comes to you for. You're like, mm -hmm. we can do it. You, 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 you got video needs or some kind of related thing that I could shoot or edit or create. I'll do it, right? The guy comes and you kind of brainstorm like, ah, oh, explainer video. Yeah, we can do that. And so yeah. that's fine. But the more you can become that expert at something and really understand, you know, the value of video and explaining the vision of what can be done, it's more than just, again, I say like a one trick pony, this one video that you make and you hope they come back to you. You hope they explain to you or come up with ideas of more to do versus you I've even seen people doing content retainers where whether they come mm -hmm. in once a month, once a quarter, a couple times a year and shoot a bunch to create, you know, a weekly schedule, a bi-weekly, monthly, whatever schedule of content um, is a great thing. But you have to have this, this stuff in your arsenal. And that's what I, you know, like to work with people to kind of create that arsenal because the more you build that internal game up, the less it matters about the fancy externals of like the cameras and tripods and gimbals and all these fancy external things, because a lot of people will get those things thinking, now I have the red, now I have this $5,000 mm. C200 or whatever, people are going to you know, pay more for me and X, Y, Z. But that's just not necessarily the truth, because if internally you still don't believe in what you're doing or know how to convey the value or talk about it, then you're mm -hmm. still going to potentially struggle getting paid more. You'll get a little boost. I guarantee most people will get a little bit of a boost because now there is just an inherent extra confidence that'll spike up from having those things. But uh -huh. I like to have people where they don't need to spend 
an extra 20 grand in gear to, to get a little boost in, in their, in their prices, you know, oh, uh, yeah. so where are you sitting with everything right now? What's been, what I've been saying and what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think, um, my messaging could be improved. Like I've, I, I really resonate with what you said, how, um, a lot of times me personally, you know, I'll say, you know, I do, I've done this and I do this kind of video and this has helped this person do this but it's exactly what you said. It's kind of just putting it out there and it's not really giving them a vision of how it could help. Are you doing that in a one-to-one or just, you mean like your website or online? Um, I'd say um, it could be both, but I'd say more so networking. So if I'm talking to someone in person at an event, it's just how do I communicate in a way where they see the value in what I do and where I can sit with them. So it's always me saying, you know, oh, I do video production. I help businesses grow with video, da, 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 da. But it's, like you mentioned, it's, it's not, it's not giving them a vision. So, so, so the thing yeah. is there is, this is where, right? Like I didn't just, I told you I'd go off on some tangents here, right? In the first yeah, 10 yeah. minutes, I'm kind of probe. It's the same thing there. I think too many times, see, when I was dealing with the events and conferences, um, one, I was learning the inside and out for myself initially. So then I could have these conversations, but it wasn't to have conversations to get work from them. It was actually initially because I wanted to do more coaching and events and things. So I was trading my, my skills, but inherently then they wanted to hire me and everything else. So I just started to end up in that world more. And so I could have these powerful conversations with a guy holding a conference or in a workshop or a mastermind or an event or whatever, because I, I just, I was learning for my own good, but I also started to do them and just started to understand them. So rather than the average guy who's just going to come in and make them a video, I'm mm-hmm. able to hold a very intelligent conversation going, well, you probably are going to have this live event, of course, and want to promote that with the videos. But we could also go in, what else do you have? Do you have a mastermind? Do you have courses? Do you have membership sites? Like I had this understanding of things that they had and knowing that somebody who completed their online course could be in attendance at their live event. So as a byproduct, if we identify these people, now I come in to film your event and make a promo for the live event. But I can get interviews with people who have done your course, your mastermind, and whatever. So now I can get testimonials and we can make multiple videos from this. So rather than have to hire mm. me or somebody else multiple times for that fee and then the multiple edits, you could hire me once to shoot and we can make these multiple edits from it. So I can hold this dialogue that the average person who just order taker says, yeah, I can film your event. Isn't creating this vision of other things they could do or a lot. I had one guy one time, he's just like, I just need tripods back of the camera, you know, back of the room, you know, uh-huh. two day event. It's eight hours a day. You know, we just need it filmed. Not much, you know, and just trying to really downplay it, meaning he doesn't want to pay much either. He's just like, I just okay. need some monkey behind the camera, you know, for a couple of days. And I'm like, that's great. We could do that. But here's the other things. And then I'm creating this whole vision of what could be done at the live event. But that's because I understand that industry. Uh, the one mm-hmm. guy I mentioned earlier, um, you know, the thing he wanted to do was poker runs and he was filming a local one for free for four years but he wasn't getting paid for it And he goes well i reached out to some before but he didn't want to pay for it or it's too expensive or whatever but he had a limiting belief around sales he used to be a used car salesman so he thought he was a scumbag when he was selling so we had to overcome oh, that no. yeah and, but he ended up getting a 50 i mean he ended up making his living for the next coming years off of poker runs because 
he got around the kind of nonsense that was in his head that was negative, but he understood that industry. He loved the boats, the babes, the chrome, the, the racing, the water, and he could hold a conversation around that that was really powerful. Now, the people I dealt with within events, they had their own marketing and you know uh, ad teams and everything in-house, so that wasn't anything I, I could talk about. I could be like, are you running retargeting? Are you doing certain things? But the end of the day they had that whereas some businesses they don't have any of that and so mm -hmm. at times when all we do i mean i've seen guys make videos for people where they gave them the link on dropbox to check out and the people uploaded it to their facebook like the dropbox link you know, oh no they yeah. didn't understand you know <laughs> and so we can't We've got to understand who is our client what are their needs and that's where when you're dealing with these people rather than hey i make videos you know that helps businesses out etc cetera, etc cetera, like learn about them so you can speak to them specifically i mean the amount of times that i've got either a text a messenger or email from people who were referrals that mm -hmm. they didn't even look at my website and then I get on the phone or whatever, learn enough about them. And I'm sp sending them a specific Vimeo link to a specific, now I've done things long enough, but like, yeah. let's say they're saying, oh, we're having a, an outdoor retreat at this, you know, place in the woods. Da, da, da. Well, I just so happen now, this won't always work out that way, but I got an outdoor retreat video. So now I'm able to send them one specific video that is mm. exactly like what they're potentially going to do versus I even did this with Tim Ferriss back in the day, right? When I reached mm -hmm. out to them, I had way more epic wedding videos and other types of videos than I did any party scene like nightclub videos. But I had one that I had just filmed a couple months earlier for free. And when I reached out to Ferris about filming his launch party for the four hour body and reached out to his assistant, I sent that one single like Halloween party that I had filmed and I sent that video and it was just done a couple months earlier. And it wasn't my best work, but uh -huh. that was relevant to them in their situation. And when I asked him, he said, his assistant, he goes, yeah, we had a number of other people send stuff, but they were sending uh, like wedding videos and stuff. Uh, okay. And so, you know, that's the thing when you're having these conversations, if it's always random and you don't know anything about the industry, then you only can talk about what you know about, which is just video and making a video, which there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I have a buddy who does schools and nonprofits primarily. He does some other things, but I'd say 80% of his business is schools and nonprofits. And he's been able to get with schools and nonprofits that, I mean, are paying him 15 to $25,000 to mm -hmm. do video work. And that's not for 30 that's awesome. videos. That's for yeah. sometimes three or four films that he makes for them for 15 grand. Um, mm. But he, he understands that niche inside and out. And so the mm -hmm. language he can speak with them is so powerful above and beyond just your random video guy who just knows how to make videos. And so mm. I, I say this not to go, oh crap, well, I, I don't know what that, that niche is, but to understand that you need to be able to, even for me, I can go to some other things like the boys and girls club. I've done enough now where I can still, you just ask questions, right? You start to learn their needs, whether they want. I mean, that's all I did in the boys and girls club thing. It wasn't even about me getting hired to do video. I was just learning about the guy's business and what their struggles were. And then you can see how does video fit into that? How, how do we develop a campaign on social media, on email, whatever. But that's where 
if everything we do is always different mm -hmm. and some clients don't require any of that and you know you just get contacted about making a video because they they saw something they're like hey can you do this then you start to lose out on the other side of understanding marketing even if you're not like i said the guy running any ads or doing any of that or putting it on their website or posting it mm -hmm. having a conversation that's more than just about video because that's where the playing field is so level now it's like i mentioned with the paint job i mean i just did something i don't even like to paint i channeled my inner painter and took my time and really taped it all off. And hell, I thought I honestly did a better job painting this one room in our house than these other people who want to do it professionally. And I never paint. Yeah. And so the surface now, we know with iPhones and all the cameras out there, the playing field to make a great looking product, as in a great looking video, is pretty even. So it is mm. the soft skills, it is the business skills, it is the back end stuff behind the scenes. I just had one guy, he, he got this job. And I, he sent me a video like the one that they had, had done before him. And I said, why aren't they using those people? Because that video looks great. Do you know why they're not using them? And he goes, as a matter of fact, I did, I did ask them why they weren't using the other person anymore because it was a great video. And the thing mm -hmm. I hear more and more every day, he said, hard to deal with. Uh, okay. to deal with that I have gotten so much work. The amount of times I've heard your breath of fresh air, I can't even count. I mean, the amount of people who say that because the amount of people who are out there going through the motions of making videos because they'd rather be doing something else, but the thing they have to do is this client work or the service work, you know, and, and they got to create these videos for the acupuncture. They'd rather not, but that's what they got to do versus I love making films. And if I get to do it with an acupuncturist or school or nonprofit, great, but I love doing it. And that's where that, that master chef loves cooking because they've reached those master levels versus somebody, you know, how many times outside of like Chick-fil-A do you run through any kind of fast food joints or any kind of just average restaurant? Are there just, do you find that person where you're like, I got to give them a huge tip. They're incredible. You know, versus mm -hmm. the people where you just tell it's like, it's a job I got to have to pay the bills. It, it's an ends to a mean, right? I got, I got to do this to get to here. And a lot mm -hmm. of people in video are, I got to do this to get to here. And so I'm not saying that's about you, but that idea of shifting that perspective to where you're doing the kind of work that lights your soul on fire and you love to do. And when you do that, it infects people and you can have these powerful conversations versus it just kind of like, what, what do you need? Asking questions and then just like, yeah, we can do that for you versus what really is that? Like, and you did that with the explainer. Like you're like hearing the thing and like, you know what? The best way to explain this is an explainer video. So what mm -hmm. I see with you is you've got the ingredients. You've got all those mm -hmm. elements. Now it's just making some tweaks, pulling some different levers. And I think it's going to be explosive for you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so take a breath there for a second. <laughs> sure, that was great. So much valuable information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you thinking? I always stop and uh, kind of take a drink. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, um, I agree with you where, not having the focus right now on a specific industry or, or niche has uh, definitely been detrimental for my growth because, you know, I'll take a job here, I'll get a referral for this here, I'll do that. But it, it doesn't work in two ways. The first way is that I don't gain the, like the long-term expertise in that one industry because it's just a taste. And the second thing is that when I'm done with that, it's like I'm starting all over again with a, a, ra a random thing. So it doesn't help when I'm networking because when I'm networking, I just say, you know, I help 
you know, small businesses grow with video. I help them with this and this. Um, but I've had like small tastes of, uh, of that, you know, joyfulness with certain yeah. projects I've done. And the nonprofit stuff was great. And I did a lot of stuff um, with nonprofits early on. I don't know why I fell off of that. I think, again, I got distracted with other, other projects. Sure. And um, the animation stuff was great. Um, I do definitely feel more of the, the mindset where like, I really enjoy helping people regardless of who it is. So I, I totally know people like that who just do like the corporate work, like to fund their, their narrative work, you know, stuff, yeah. their passion projects where I feel like thankfully I'm the other way around. So I do really enjoy doing, you know, helping people. It's just, um, um, yeah, maybe focusing a little more on a specific industry, at least right now, so I can, you know, get a good grip and get some traction going. Yeah. Um, and then also um, that will give me a little more stability, right? In the short term, so I can make the next move um, in a more comfortable place than having to always be grasping at straws. Like, where do I go next? What do I do next? Who do I call well, it's next? hard to market, right? But then, then yeah, me, I, just, I mean, <laughs> my old Michael Gebb and Gebb's Total Video was exactly what he called for, Gebb's Total Video, anything for anybody. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until, and I mean, honestly, that started in, high school, 2004, 2005, but then 2006, I officially opened the doors and it was tape transfers, film transfers, photo montages. I mean, I did everything for everybody. And, yeah. you know, at the peak of a $60,000 year, we were doing four or 500 transactions because it's like $50, $25, $250, $500, you know, it's just like endless little, little things and sometimes some bigger things. But I mean, that year at a $60,000 year, I would say 99.9% .9 of things were never more than $2,000. And the mm -hmm. year we almost did 400,000, you know, we had 20, 30-ish transactions that we did. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. one, one big difference. <laughs> deal was four $30,000 projects you know, with one yeah. client. And so mm -hmm. it does make a big difference, right? But, mm -hmm. but we had one specific style that we stuck to. And it's like, if you really needed anything outside of that, we were not your people. And we mm -hmm. had like, even Panera Bread once um, came to us. The pricing wasn't right. The kind of work we were going to produce wasn't right. So we, they didn't end up working with us. A year later, they came back to do exactly what we, what we did best, the style that we did it, and for the prices that we, we charged. Now, that won't always happen. But mm -hmm. there's a power when, because I've started to program my mind and even others at times to believe that if you just say yes to everything all the time because you have the competency and capability. Um, now, it's one thing when you're in a growth mode and you're kind of learning and figuring it out. But once you start knowing there's certain things that you're like, yeah, we can do it. But I, you know, I'm not really that excited about this type of project, but we can do it. Um, mm -hmm. And you say yes to it. I start to go, that's a disservice to the client. Because if it's something you're getting better at and you want to get better at, that's one thing. But there's something to know, yeah, we don't really do this. We could do it. We can pull it off. It's not something I get too excited about. We'll do it. Okay, go through the motions because you're going to just get paid. Mm -hmm. It's like somebody else, that's their dream client. That's their dream project. They'd be pumped to do that. And they would do this with excellence. Whereas we're choosing to do it just because they happen to come past our, you know, door and knock on it and say, Hey, this is what I need. You're like, yeah, sure. I can do that. You know, but it's those ones where you can infect people and you know, mm -hmm. your ability to serve, you know, what I realized is, and somebody told me this, I'm a little dense at times. Um, but somebody said this to me in 2014, cause I was trying to help motivate, mm -hmm. inspire everybody. 
I'm like, well, I, I mean, I can help inspire everybody, right? But the <laughs> problem was, it's the same thing I'm talking about here. The marketing, now if I'm in the category of everybody, guess who I'm in the category of? The Tony Robbinses and the Lewis Houses and the Gary Vaynerchucks mm -hmm. and the Tim Ferriss. I'm now competing with the world. Mm -hmm. It took me until, and, and so somebody said to me in 2014, they go, well, Michael, aren't people are people. Like, so why are you being judgmental against one or the other? Like, what's wrong? It, there's plenty of people within video. Like, why mm -hmm. don't you just help people within video? And, it, and it's just like, there's this scarcity mindset that we have. So, oh my gosh, like, if I just focus in some specific type of category or categories, just a few, mm -hmm. or style of work, oh my God, I'm going to lose big time. There's, mm -hmm. there's not, I got to be able to, if somebody knocks down my door, I have to say yes, because I want to be able to have this buffet platter of options because by God, they'll say yes to something. And that'll guarantee I get the job. Right. And so this year, I mean, we're on here, we're talking about video production right now. Like none of the podcasts on jumpstart sessions are me talking to a person who wants to grow an e-commerce business with Amazon, you know, or be a realtor or, you know, just random things where I'm like trying to motivate and inspire, even though I've had people say, wow, it's these concepts and things you're talking about, like I have my girlfriend listen and she's doing da, 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 da. It's like, that's true. But right now I know the, the, the podcast, the places that you conjugate. And mm -hmm. now it's a lot easier for me to market than it is and compete because yeah, there's plenty of people who talk motivation and inspiration and whatever, but how many are doing that hardcore within the video production niche only? Mm -hmm. Not that many. Mm -hmm. So now I don't have the world competing with me. I have almost nobody competing with me. Now, if I want to go and talk to you and teach you how to shoot and edit, I'm going to get screwed because there's plenty of people <laughs> competing there and really, really, really good ones. And so mm -hmm. that's where the more, you know, you can start to find and blanket, and buy, I, I'd say the kind of crazy term, blanket bomb an area in specific things and get known for that versus I find that, a lot of industries talk. So like my buddy with the schools and nonprofits, people are talking hardcore about him in that, in that arena because he's over okay. in that last five to eight years now. Um, and he gets to tell stories. He gets to help people. You know, there's, there's things. And, and so I would sit and think about that. I'm not saying that you have to be like, I'm doing just schools, I'm just doing nonprofits. I'm just doing, I mean, small businesses is still a category that helps you focus in on, certain types of businesses, you know, potentially mm -hmm. as well. So it's something to think about. Uh, but I like the idea of styles of work as well, you know, whether that's mm -hmm. explainer videos in your, in your toolbox and maybe a certain other style. But when every time it's like the client tries to dictate to us what they want and create this vision and idea and everything is starting from scratch, that's where revision processes get difficult. Client expectations are confused because, you know, it's not like they're pulling from you have, like I've done this with weddings where I ended up, I had a certain style. That's what mm -hmm. we did, you know? And if you wanted a 40 minute long form video, I became, I wasn't your guy, you know? And those, ironically mm -hmm. enough, when I went down to just same day edits in this specific style, that's when I made the most money. That's when I had mm -hmm. the most free time. That's when I had the most demand. And so I can, I can see that tipping point this year within even coaching, you know, finally going, these are the people I'm going to help. This is the way I'm going to help them. And I keep chiseling and I see now a tipping point. More, more is happening there. And so 
um, I would just start to, and this is where, I mean, in, in an hour session, you know, we, we, we kind of hit the surface on certain things, you know, I'm, I'm trying to deliver as much value and, and infect you with just kind of things that are clicking, but we got to dig deeper potentially on things as well. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, having powerful conversations with people where you really seek to understand, like you wouldn't go to the doctor and God willing, then not diagnose and try to figure out what the heck is really wrong with you before prescribing medicine or before they chop an arm off or do, like you gotta mm -hmm. know that this is the problem. And I think sometimes, again, that's where the 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 kind of master chef versus the other thing. If we're not super diagnostic, like trying to figure things out, that's where you're different from everybody else who's just taking orders from people and just a camera operator. Like you get email. If I email five people. The reality is if I don't get on the phone or have a meeting or do something like that, I'm just like everybody else. And if I'm not the cheapest person, I'm not going to win because to them, mm -hmm. they saw some sites. They look decent. They saw work. It looked decent. I email these people. Here's what I'm needing, blah, 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 blah. But when I mm -hmm. get on the phone and I, if I understand or don't understand the industry, not always, but I'm still going to seek to understand them and, mm -hmm. and then figure out does what I do fit into what what they're doing i mean i've had multiple ones where it's easier to just go yeah I do that and oh what price you want to pay okay great and just bend over and go that's the price that's what you need keep my mouth shut it'll be easier to get the job if i don't ruffle feathers <laughs> but i would go if that's really what you need i'm not your person but let me explain what we do and how we do it who we've done it for and have that conviction that i can have for how we do it and sometimes people go, yeah, you know what? That's not what we need. Um, but other times they go, oh my God, I wasn't even thinking about any of that because they don't really know, right? You don't, you don't tell the chef how to make the food when you don't even really know how to make it. But you might be like, ah, I kind of like this and that. But you'd be surprised if you let the, the chef who really knows his stuff just do his thing. And a lot mm. of creatives want to get to that spot where, like I just got a, a message from these people. They're like, Here's the questions we want you to ask, but then their next line is, but we want you to do your thing too because we know you're the pro. So it's like, here's what our old videographers did and here's the questions they asked for this event we're going to film. But their next sentence is like, but you do your thing. Like if you can get that, that's great, but we know you're a professional. We trust you. We know you've got extra things you'll probably do that we're not even thinking of. And that's mm. a beautiful place to get into is where people trust you to guide them and be that kind of trusted advisor, that friend, that guide who's, gonna, who's got their best interest at stake. Because when we just kind of take whatever, then there's a level of almost, like there's a higher level of trust when you're like, that's not what I do excellent. But this is what I do excellent. Now there's like, wow, he's honestly willing to, it's funny how repelling people is actually more attractive because mm -hmm. needy takes everything. But when I'm not needy, I don't take everything, right? I'm going to be like selective. I'm going to tell them this way I need. And there's like, do you want to go to the empty restaurant or the one that freaking I got to wait two hours to go to, right? It's that kind of thing exactly. again. And sometimes you can see that at places that are right by each other. Like, why is this one got nobody in the parking lot? And this one over here has got a two hour wait. And there's a lot of nuance that goes into that. But that's, that's what I want for creatives is, is that ability for you to stand powerful in what you do, be confident in what you do, and, and know how to really serve and navigate and have a conversation and not just being 
you know, the barked orders at, and then you just be like, yeah, okay, we do that. And okay. Yeah. Thousand bucks. We'll do that for that. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think you had, you said you've had tastes of the joy and projects or the one with the explainer. So probably the one with the explainer is I wish I would have got more, it ended up more work, but you got a taste for you kind of almost being more in that consultant role, right? You being yeah. able to guide yeah. them and then you being able to give it to somebody else while you stayed in that relationship management kind of role. And so I think there's so much more for you there with that. It's just beginning to trust yourself more, have more confidence in that and be able to navigate those relationships and those conversations you're having in a more powerful way so that mm -hmm. you can put the right people in place and be able to really, you know, get what you, you know, your worth on that. So totally. Yeah. I feel like I have these tools, but I just don't know how to use them the right way. You know, yeah. like the animation tool or, you know, yeah. that's that type of stuff. Um, but no, yeah, that's totally exactly like what I've been feeling. I just feel like, uh, I needed some direction, you know? Yeah. So you gave me a couple of things to think about really, like, especially like what industry I should be pursuing, at least in my current stage, you know, today. Remember industry so, and, and yeah. simultaneously just some of the work, you know, and you can yeah. have like, it's the tools and then toolbox. I mean, you can have the, anim I'm not saying, oh, you need to only do explainer videos, cut everything mm -hmm. else out of your arsenal. But it's just like, what are those few things that you know that you do best and being able to guide people in that. And, and, and so, mm -hmm. and, and I would also, I'm gonna throw this little nugget in for uh, a marketing tidbit that people take for granted. One, your, your warm network of everybody you've already either done business with or haven't done business with, but you're friends with a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, you know, friends, family, there's connections in within all of that that we sometimes forget about. But number two, the people you've already worked with, there's the opportunity to go back have new conversations, replant some seeds, recreate some new vision, paint the picture for them and create more work for people you've already worked with. Because too many times okay. we're sitting back again, hoping or waiting or crossing our fingers that people are going to be like, Daniel, need some more videos, buddy. Mm. Versus being proactive about it and reaching out to them. So even though you could say, oh, I've already worked with these people, I already did this, that's perfect. Now you can rehab a conversation and sometimes it's powerful to that's back to that okay well it sounds like what you're needing yeah you know videos not but you know what i know a great web person or i know a great mm. whatever and so those those conversations it doesn't always just need to be a sales like let me sell you video right and and the people i know who are doing the best right now are more again that trusted advisor friend like if your friend came to you you knew he didn't have any need for video and you're, you, but he knows you're well connected or whatever. You're just going to have a conversation. I'm going to shove down his throat doing a video for him. You're going to just figure out what he needs. And you know, if you can help for him. Yeah. Yeah. What's best. And so there's some of those people you've already worked with. That you could rehab some conversations and see where they're at, see if video or some other needs for video could help them. Um, but at the same time, it's just re reconnecting with some of those people and maybe they will do stuff right now but maybe they won't. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing that difference as well versus the guy I told you earlier. It doesn't mean by creating that whole vision with the Boys and Girls Club, he's going to immediately end up with the work, but you can guarantee that it's going to be a lot different thought process for them about their needs for video than just, hey, I make videos. You know, Let me know if you guys ever need it, have any need for video because now it's putting the need 100% in their hands to know what kind of videos, they do need videos versus you understanding and showing them how videos could help them. Now they really mm -hmm. think, 
hey, we do need videos, but do we want to do it right now? Because sometimes mm -hmm. timing is just off with people. But when you've planted the right seeds, when the timing is right, you stay top of mind, boom, you know, that, mm -hmm. that uh, comes to totally. Point, so. Totally. That's a question that obviously could be too much to answer now, but um, right. if you were in my situation now or, you know, or back in the early days, would you encourage me to focus on more like nurturing current relationships, networking, and avoiding so much cold outreach? Do you feel like that's not the best use of my time right now? Um, what would you recommend? Cold you know, for me has always honestly been free projects. I'm not going to lie as a collective whole. Yeah. So and I like that idea. Like I'm doing, um, the acupuncture is a free video. Um, I forget you know, that's how you got on this call and we didn't yeah. talk about this, but yeah, 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 go no, ahead. Uh, yeah, I was doing a free video for him, like a brand story, which, uh, again, no cost to him, but obviously I could, you know, bring up the idea of maybe doing like a content retainer or just having that as like a, like a trophy per se that I can yeah. show to other people. Um, so I'm totally into that idea, like giving first and then seeing where that can take me. Um, but so yeah, what were you going to mention about free, free stuff? No. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, all my cold outreach has always been to just offer up doing a free video. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and that's been huge for me. And so, excuse me. Um, and there's, a, there's this guy, Parker Wallbeck, a full-time filmmaker. He coined it the free to fee. I, I wish I could claim that I had that exact phrasing, but I really love that. And I, I've been using that for years. And the thing that I've seen is, is that I like to use free as well. I'm seeing others use it very strategically where one you get to do whatever you want to do on that project. So it creates the kind of work you get to create the kind of work that you want to do. So there's no client holding anything over your head. Cause to me, in my humble opinion, if they are not paying for it, they have very little say on how or what ways or anything you're going to do it. And especially revisions, like maybe you can do a couple changes for them like one time, but like yeah. it shouldn't be a, I'm doing this for free for you. Now I'm going to spend an extra 10 hours, you know, <laughs> doing all this stuff on this project for free. And the other thing about it is that um, when it comes to free work, free work should be the appetizer, the teaser, the, mm -hmm. the door opener. It shouldn't be the whole enchilada and you like should do excellence. Video. Well, yeah, you should do yeah. excellence, but at the same time, I see a lot of people poo poo on free work because they're spending weeks creating it. Like I've mm -hmm. done something that delivered massive value to this candy shop local to me and like total effort to shoot and edit wasn't even three hours. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a sizzle video that was just clips and music. And that thing has a hundred thousand views. We spent like two or 300 and something dollars on ads. And I spent it out of my pocket because for me, I wasn't trying to get video work or even use it as a case study. I wanted, she, I found out if she, her business did well, she'd buy my property. Cause she wanted to put oh, another nice. business there. Like, well, if I can help out, then I will. And so I spent 380 <laughs> bucks of my own. I think it was like 380 actually of my own money. I made the video and I ran the ads. I, they, I had the daughter make me an admin. She didn't even have a Facebook page the day she opened, but wow. I went in there, filmed the glide cam thing. Her daughter made a page, made me admin. I ran the video, ran the ads. And, uh, it made for a great case study if I wanted to do more like that. And I could have done it. I did a couple like that, um, but not much. Um, but it worked great for her. She bought my property and it worked, it worked phenomenal because the business did well. And so, but that was simple. Like it didn't require me to spend, you know, a whole day shooting and a week of editing and things like mm. that. But, but even if you're going to do things like that, um, you always want to create what you really want to do, right? And mm -hmm. you want to reach out to people that you really want to work with 
or people mm-hmm. that you like, man, if I could do something for them and more for them, that's great. Or I want to work with people like them. Um, mm-hmm. But f- the free to fee and, and doing that and being able, that's where, again, people have been screwed over by other videographers or other vendors. And so the, the, the simple video that you can do that can still deliver massive value can show you people what it's like to work with you, that you, you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Um, there's a number of pro benefits to being able to go in and do something, keep it simple, but a lot of value, mm-hmm. um, that then you can create the vision of all the other things you could do, you know, where you can mm-hmm. go in and do the interviews or do testimonials and create these other videos and, and create the content retainer. But the initial thing is just like, you know what, I, I know that, you know, video is something maybe you're, if they say that, there's something I'm thinking about, let me just create a little something for you that, that be simple but give you value. And so you can see what it's like to work with me. And then here's other things I think we could do. So you can transition the free work to paid work with the initial people. But when people are what I call a one trick pony, it's like, they only got one trick. You do the trick. Well, I got to find a new client. So you do the free video, you do the, you do the trick for free. You don't have anything else to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, free work is super powerful, but I would 100% dive into your internal, like exhaust your warm and internal network before Mm -hmm. you start reaching out to all these random people. Um, I really love the power of, again, relationship. But even if you're going to reach out to random people, I always, people go, because I did Tim Ferriss. I mean, our first video for Tony Robbins was free. Like there's things like that. But like you talk about giving, like, I already felt like they gave a ton to me. So I was doing this for them. Not as like, what are they going to do to blow up my business? But rather mm-hmm. they've already given to me. I want to give back. And then mm-hmm. selfishly, I want to meet them. <laughs> so yeah, if yeah. I could use my video and then it did turn into things, but I didn't do it with the intention of like, I did this for you. What are you doing for me? And I think that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people go in wrong with free work is either. Okay. I did this for you. What are you doing for me? Or number two, when people come to you for free work, like, hey, okay. here's the thing that I got. I got all these people. I'm going to hook you up. I know so many people. Those nine times out of 10 are takers. Like, not always, but usually they're people who aren't going to do anything to help you. They're taking to begin with, and they're going to keep taking until they can't anymore. But when you're serving someone else, I'm not saying that that total zero expectation. Of course, we always hope something will come out of things at times, but I don't go in tit for tat. Like, you know, I did this. Now you are going to refer me. You are going, (laughs) you know, and people do that stuff or like you need to to mention me. You need like, there's so much need for me. It's Uh, like, I usually either want to give, I want to meet those people. Like they've already given to me. Um, You know, sure. I can mention some things. It'd be nice if I could get a mention, like there's certain situations, but usually that's where if I've happened to say yes to a taker, that's where Mm -hmm. I'm aggressive. Yeah, you're going to mention me on your social media posts. Yeah, you're going to. But when I just reach out to people, do something for free, part of it's usually just experiential. You know, like I said, Mm -hmm. meet them, get access, the ability to do something that I want to do more of. Like, those are Mm -hmm. my reasons. So I'm already getting, receiving. I've either already received or I am receiving through the process of just this person giving the ability to go into their place or go to their event and and film for them. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I use that. And that's where you mentioned, I think, somewhere on this call, being very strategic to leverage that free work, mm-hmm. right? So now when I did that first video for Tim, when I wanted to film other events, mm-hmm. 
I've mentioned that video. I mean, I had a few people follow up to make sure I wasn't full of shit, but like, <laughs> I wasn't yeah. making stuff up and lying. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I leveraged these people. And the more I then gained, the easier it got to open up doors, right? Mm -hmm. But that's also, I mean, I've spoken to kids who are fifth graders. And they don't know who the hell any of the people I've worked with are. It doesn't have yeah. any value. So that's where, again, when you're in certain areas, you can do certain free projects strategically, even for the leader in that area. And now for everybody below that, right? If you got the key restaurant in town that you do a free project for that you can show to other people, like, dang, Daniel did this for these people. Like, we need Daniel to make our video. And those mm -hmm. kind of things happen. But if you're doing something where somebody, I don't know who the hell that is, right? Then it doesn't have as much credibility because you're, you're mm -hmm. sharing, you're leveraging a video that in its niche might have a lot of clout, but in other niches, it might not have any clout. You know, mm, okay. And so there's yeah. things like that too, but you definitely want to leverage those projects to open up doors. There's nothing worse than trying to sell a project that you're selling air. I mean, it quite frankly is why I've done this podcast because all the things I was doing behind the scenes, like I didn't have anything to point to like I had with video. Like I can point to my wedding video and go, oh, okay, you want me to do that for you. And that's why I said earlier, the Halloween party, right? When you have those samples, if you want to do real estate work, get a couple epic real estate videos, then start reaching out. Too many people are cold reaching out with no samples. They're just like, hey, mm. I make videos that help businesses. Here's no samples to look at. <laughs> and they're like, I emailed yeah. 500 people. And I didn't get any responses. You didn't leverage uh, yeah. anything or be specific or you're sending, you know, you're sending real estate people wedding videos. You know, like, I want to mm. get into real estate. Here's these wedding videos. It's like, but there's open houses every week and go film one, then reach out with real estate videos, right? There's, mm. uh -huh. so those are things to, to think about as well. But warm networks okay. and relationships are the where I would start. Or even people, you've been at this for four years, there's people you've worked with that doors you already have open that are easier mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, rekindle some fires there, so. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much. Rock and roll. There you have it, another episode of Jumpstart Sessions, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. So if you yourself would like to be coached on a future episode of Jumpstart Sessions, just head on over to jumpstartsessions.net and click Get Coached on the Podcast. Again, as of the recording of this episode, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. I would really love to help you gain a greater level of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life and alignment in your business so that you can move faster and make things happen without so much resistance. So I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Have an amazing rest of your day and keep rocking and rolling. Take care.